Welcome to Enchantment, a Dragon Age Let's Play podcast. I'm Manny. And I'm Brandon. And this is episode 14. 14. We've made it this far. We made it out of the circle tower. We're never gonna go there again. I don't think that's true. I think we eventually do, do we? I don't know. I mean, there's someone selling a backpack there. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) There is someone selling a backpack. For one second, I thought like, I didn't think of a backpack in the game. I thought you were talking like a Jansport, like someone selling an actual Jansport backpack. I want that backpack. I need it. It looks like a lovely design. It has triangles. It looks very 90s Oh, I saw the backpack through the window and I didn't have enough money for it. But one day I'm going to go back like precious and I'm going to walk in. And I'm gonna be like, now am I too run down for your backpack wares? Wait, no, not not precious. I'm talking about pretty woman. How do you confuse those two? Films? <laughs> They're both P R E. One has to do precious. with one has to do with a <laughs> prostitute being courted by a rich man. The other one is a poor person in Harlem <laughs> being abused by her mother. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant pretty woman. <laughs> Stevan's gonna go pretty woman and get the backpack, not precious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, we made it out of the circle tower yeah, finally. Yeah. We're done with the fade. We're done with the, the mage. With our flamboyant blood mage. Oh. Aldred. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Probably the gayest character. And Stevan's gay. And Stevan's gay. <laughs> but that guy was the gayest character. If, seriously? Oh my god, what a crazy tower that was. But now we're back to the camp. We're back to the camp, Pro- probably like, you know, relaxing after you oh know, my god. the trauma that we experienced. Absolutely. I'm relaxed. I'm relaxed. I'm just happy we don't have to ever go back to that tower yeah. ever again. And we're never going to go in the fade ever again. No. I'm just, I'm just so happy to finally be in the camp and commenting about the camp. And I feel like I'm relieved. <laughs> I feel more comfortable now in my life. Do you think, um, because we fell asleep when we entered the Fade, right? Yeah, yeah. So do you think that they're fully rested? Uh, I mean, it's a nightmare. So maybe it's like the feeling of getting up from a nightmare. Mm. It's like, oh, you're sweating. And there's a dead body next to you. <laughs> because that's what happens my nightmares don't follow with a dead body next to me. Okay, maybe that's just for Stevan and his friends. <laughs> Um, so we're back at camp, and we're so happy to finally be done with that. Do you know what I hate the most about Dory the Explorer? What? Uh, even as a child, this bothered me, when she's like, oh, it's like we had such a great trip. What was your favorite part of the trip? And then she stares at you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like just cold silence. It's like, I like that too. <laughs> um, bitch, I didn't say anything. Oh, wait, Liliana's talking to us. So Liliana approaches us as soon as we make it to camp. We don't even get to walk around or anything. And she comes up to us saying, look, I lied to you. And I wasn't totally truthful about why I left Orlais. If you remember, Liliana's a sister from the Chantry and she left Orlais because she saw a sign from the maker telling her that she needs to come to Ferelden and help in the fight against the Blight. But no, there's some lying, deceit. You know what? At least she's being honest now. Yeah, I mean, it's our own personal business. And I'm just happy she feels comfortable enough coming forward with that. You know what? You know, just because you lie this entire time, if you're going to be truthful once to your friend, that's, that's a good step. Yeah, it's okay to withhold information or the truth that you don't feel comfortable sharing until you feel a close enough connection with the person. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. advice, Brandon. I'm just saying. Take that advice, yeah. kids. Thank Take you, Liliana, advice. for teaching us and our audience the values of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like talking about it then. What happened to me? Maybe it will affect us. Maybe not, but you should know. I came to Ferelden and the Chantry because I was being hunted in Orlais. So Liliana reveals that she's being hunted down by this other woman that she was in relations with that's true <laughs> <laughs> you looked at me like like i was saying the wrong thing no you weren't saying the wrong thing that's correct it is correct. i was just so i was so invested in the in the beautiful story of love and betrayal it's like a novella it is like, but they're french they're french so it's like a 
find uh, the name for novella in France. <laughs> do they have? I mean, I assume like every language has their soap operas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If if there are any French soap operas out there, can you tell oh, yeah. us the term? You or like let just us know. Or just actually no, give us of like one to watch. Yeah, like send us a video. Send us a video, yeah. So we know what they're like. You yeah. learn a lot about a culture by its novellas. Yes, I know all about Mexican culture because oh, of yeah. Maria del Barrio. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know there's a lot of black magic down there in Mexico. Of course. Just like Dragon Age. <laughs> yes. Things are a lot like Dragon Age. Um, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, Liliana has this ex sort of mentor in the ways of bardship, which is, again, like a minstrel slash spy that they have over in Orlais. And so this woman whose name is Marjolaine is... Her... <laughs> like, can we pause for one second with yeah. that name? Marjolaine? Yeah. It's like margarine? Yeah, but it's like Marjolaine. <laughs> it sounds like a really expensive, like, <laughs> margarine. It's, I can't believe you're not butter. I can't believe you're not butter. <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter for the 1%. Yeah. It's Marjolaine. It's like, welcome, this is Marjolaine. <laughs> it's like a perfume commercial. <laughs> but for margarine. <laughs> it's called Marjolaine. It's like seductive. <laughs> nutritious. Be your best self. Marjolaine. If you want to be confident out there. You're going to want Marjolaine. No, no, bagel. no. It's not that loud. It's like a perfume commercial where they whisper. Oh, you know, I was thinking hair. Oh. I was thinking hair where they flip the hair oh. and they just have Marge- Marjolaine in their hands. They say, Marjolaine. <laughs> That's all I got. I have. I just pictured it as a black and white commercial with like a woman just staring out of a window with like a piece of bread and just like putting. Ooh, centrally like. It's just like seductive. It flirtatious naughty that's beautiful that's i imagine she's just like that in real life this person (laughs) yes um not this fake actress i mean marjolaine yeah i imagine she's exactly like that i mean if liliana is falling for her she's gotta be like oh yeah i mean she has to be flirtatious seductive yeah sophisticated sophisticated loves butter yeah (laughs) all the things that liliana would want in a woman clearly yes uh so we learn here that liliana had this previous relationship marjolaine taught her the ways of bardship and things went south and long story short liliana was framed for a betrayal like a normal of Marjolaine's, just like a normal breakup. Like a normal breakup, you know, you break up with one like someone, and then you know they they put a hit on you. Yeah, they put a hit on you. They betray you. They make you flee the country. Yes, that that always happens. That always That's happens. That's how I ended up here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm doing this dumb podcast under a fake name. Listen, <laughs> Robert, <laughs> you can't say that, man. Now <laughs> we can't publish this. But yeah, so we're going to speak with Morgan. Yeah. And give her this item, this thing that we found in the Circle Tower. What's it called again? Yeah, we found, um, while we were journeying in the tower, we found something called the Black Grimoire, which is a gift. And it's a gift um, that can specifically go to Morgan because it's a magical tome that has some importance to her. It's like It sounds like, a, like that scary book from Hocus Pocus. Yeah. With the eye. Oh, yeah, definitely. The Black Grimoire. Mm-hmm. It's exactly that. It's the Dragon Age version of that, in fact. And who better to give it to the Morgan? Wynne doesn't want it. No. You think Wynne wants something called the Black Grimoire? No, Wynne just wants a nice conversation. Yeah, she just wants a conversation about the fate. Is that so wrong? No, Wynne just wants to sit down, have some tea, and be like, talk to me about your life in the fade. Yeah. And you know what? We even went to the fade with Wynne. And she was such a good person. Yeah. She was so nice. Meanwhile, she taught us about the fade. Mm-hmm. And we saved her from it. It was like an episode of Magic School Bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come with me on a field trip to the Fade. <laughs> come along, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wynn. Um, but we're not talking to her. We're talking to Morgan. I love how she's like in her own campfire. Good. She doesn't deserve to be with us. What? You found Flemeth's grimoire? Ever since we discovered the condition of the Mage's Tower, I had wondered if it might be recoverable, but I had yet to speak of it to you. How fortunate that you found it on your own. You have my thanks. I will begin study of the tome immediately. 
You're welcome. What, I don't even get a kiss? <laughs> That's one of my options. What do you hope to find within it? Secrets. My mother has many of them, and this tome represents the one time that they were able to get away from her. I do not intend to squander this opportunity to learn more than Flemeth wished me to know. This should be interesting. So what I find interesting after this conversation is that this is the first time, like, Morgan is very, I don't know, in, like, she seems more energetic, more, like, yeah. happy. Because I guess, like, oh, it's something she's interested in and she's, like, real, like, this is her life's work. Yeah. And she seems very into it and, like, she's more livelier after right. this conversation. Which makes me, like, like her a little bit more. Yeah, she seems genuinely thankful that we picked this up and thought to give it to her. And she seems very, like, truly invested. It's not her normal, like, not caring about people. I mean, it doesn't have to do with other people. This is kind of a selfish thing. I mean, it is selfish. Her. And she's still in character, like, creepy about it. Where it's like, this is me. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and But at least she has a hobby. And she's, she's yeah. she has, she's interested in something and she loves it. And you know what? That... That's all we need. Yeah. That's all we need. She's a person. Yeah, She's that's a, so true. She has a person with wants and goals. Yeah, and there are things that light her up. And things that piss her off, like happiness. Well, of course. <laughs> that hasn't changed, which is good, I guess. Yeah. You know, consistency. Yeah, consistency is key. Yeah, and speaking of consistency, we have actual clothing to give Morgan for the first time ever. I'm so happy about this. <laughs> Yes! Damn! Thank God! She's wearing clothing. This is so weird. God. As long as I don't have to see the twine. And in another moment of fortune, we also finally have enough gold to buy a backpack from Bowden. And I'm just so happy. I'm so happy. It's just like Precious. It, it's, <sighs> it's not like Precious. Have you even seen Precious, Brandon? I haven't seen Precious. Okay. <laughs> But now we can be just like our favorite movie stars and have our backpack. <laughs> yeah, she does have a backpack. Hell. That's like all of her money. And there it goes. Yeah, you just like, without a thought, just bought it. Yay! Now we have one gold for our name. But we got a backpack. Okay. Backpack, backpack. You have enough in here! <laughs> Wow. Just imagine. Let's talk to Wynn. This is our first time at camp. Oh, yes. Welcome to camp. You like your tan? <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. Rest. Rest I would be welcome. Are you all right? Yes. Yes, of course. I am just a little weary. As you may have noticed, I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> oh, Win. No, you're a person. <laughs> In all honesty, I do not know how many years I have left in me. I have lived for such a long time. Oh. But there is always something else to do. And I have to keep going in order to do it. I think I will be glad when I am done. Oh my goodness. I'm sure you'll be kicking around for years. Oh, I don't know. Oh my god. So that was our first conversation with Wynn at the camp. And yeah. she is not, uh, I mean, she's a nice person, but she I is. think she needs a little, like, pick up. Yeah, she kind of seems to need a bit of, like, psychological help just to help her, like, feel more comfortable living her life. She just seems so, like, just dour. I mean, like, she's old and she's like, I just don't know how much longer I could yeah, take. It's, it's so sad. And this is someone who's like clearly up and about and she's killing demons and she's doing all these crazy things. And we meet her at the camp, you know, you think she's well adjusted and everything. And all of a sudden, she's suddenly saying, oh, I don't know how much time I have left. And we're like, you're, you're still going to kick for a few years. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I she don't reminds know. me of my mother. Oh, no. Does she like joke about that? <laughs> no, my mom, ever since like my sister was born in 1983, uh -huh. she's always been like, I'm 
dying soon. I'm oh my god, dead soon. You'll see. I'm just so weak. Oh and like, even goodness. when I was young, she's like, I'm gonna be dead. I'm so weak. And yet, this woman <laughs> goes up and down the stairs with heavy things. She pushed an entire dresser by herself. And and, then, and she's like, I'm so weak. And now I tell her, I'm like, Mom, you're 70 and you're pushing an entire dresser. And she's like, I'm good. <laughs> That's just like Wynn. Because she's doing all these things. She's fighting. She's battling mages. She's doing all these things. But she's so she doesn't know how much longer she has left. She acts like she's she can't walk anymore. <laughs> like yeah. She acts like she's in some way like disabled from being able to do simple tasks. Yeah. While she's like probably the most capable. She's probably like, of a lot of the, the people strongest. Are. And probably yeah. like she just she's a really good mage. Yeah, and she's a healer. So very she's so wise. Vital. Very wise because of her old age. Yeah. And wisdom is a strength. That's a very, very powerful strength. Yes. A lot of people think it's all about the punching, but it's also about the thinking. <laughs> if we can gather that from today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and after this, we decide to go to Connor finally yes. and fix this problem with this demon because I'm just done. Yeah, yeah. Finally, we can do what we set out to do all this for, which is to save Connor. And along the road, we bring Alistair, Morgan, and Liliana, the A-team, the, the original three. The OG. The OG. Sorry, Salvage. All right. To Konya. Yes. Who we take it? We're taking Alistair. Yes. I think we should take Morgan. Because we have to send a mage into the fade, and Wynn doesn't fight well. Indeed. Liliana. Indeed. <laughs> you see, Indeed. I did the thing before she like did it. Indeed. That's the best. Can we, wait, can you unselect her inspector again, please? Oh. Ah! I keep thinking that circle uh, means. I just love that so much. Just the, uh... Indeed. <laughs> like the hip is already enough and the fact that she's just a head thing is just amazing it's incredible time to do a blood walk a blood walk a blood walk there's about to be a battle or we're gonna meet batman hi and you see like a, a, a little boy with two peasant <laughs> parents and they get shot down denarim so the reason why Brandon said, oh, we might meet Batman is because if you remember a couple episodes back. Yeah, I think it's episode, I want to say 10? I, I think so. Just, it might be nine. It's it's somewhere there. It's, I think it's 10. And um, where we ran into the Superman reference where an <laughs> alien from above fell down and two fat people took it as a, as a child. So I'm just imagining... This next scene that we come across is going to be like a child in the streets, like an alley back way of Denerim, and his <laughs> like, parents just get killed in front of him. Like, no! <laughs> I am bat warden. <laughs> I mean, they already set up Superman. They might as well set them all up. Oh, this is going to be a Wonder Woman reference eventually. Yeah, it's going to be Wonder Woman. They're just going to have every superhero, DC or Marvel. Yeah, all, all DC or Marvel. It's like, my name is Peter Parker. <laughs> I was bit by this spider, you see. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is the accent? No. That's what Bevan grows up to be. Yes. Like I was hiding in the cupboard, and while I was in there, I got bitten by this little spider. It's a magic mage spider. <laughs> that probably. I mean, they exist. I mean, it wouldn't be radio. Radio. Yeah. I mean, Morgan can turn into a spider. Yeah. So if she turned into a spider and bit someone. Does that person turn Does into Does that pass anything along? Does it just poison them? I want someone to find this out for yeah, us. Yeah, I because... mean, there's basically already spider and bat people because they're shapeshifters. Yes. Yeah. and Well, Batman's not a shapeshifter. Batman doesn't turn to bats. He well, no, but like the, you are a Batman. You are a Batman. Yes. You're actually more like a vampire, probably. Yeah. Um, wh What are we talking about right now? <laughs> I don't know. But other than, oh, Denerim. Yeah. Other than superheroes. <laughs> um. In the middle of our conversation, a cutscene <laughs> begins, and we're in Denerim. Uh, we have Loghain, everyone's favorite traitorous little devil. Fuck him. <laughs> and he's speaking with our other favorite traitorous devil, Arl Howe. And excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Say his name. Oh, yes, correctly. Tim Curry. Thank you. And they're discussing uh, the news that's been spreading around that some Grey Wardens are still alive. 
What the hell are we doing in Denver? I bring word, sire. There are demands from Tim! that you step down from the Regency. <laughs> they are said to be gathering their forces, as are your allies. It appears it will be civil war after all, despite the Darkspawn. Pity. I also have an interesting report. There seem to be Grey Wardens who survived Ostagar. How, I don't know. But they will act against you. I have arranged for a, a solution with your leave. The Antivan Crows send their regards. Who's the hell is this guy? An assassin. Against Grey Wardens, we will need the very best. <laughs> and the most expensive. Just get it done. Who is this guy? You trying to kill me? Hired an assassin. He's sexy assassin, but okay. Oh, really? You think so? Nice little, nice little elven look to him. So in that cutscene, our Hal, aka Tim Curry, yes, uh, has hired an assassin. He has. To kill me. Us and our friends. And my, my amigos. Because we're Grey Wardens. We can't be around. No. No can do. Loghain's a psychopath. It's like, even if they give him a reason... A wise acting like this, he's still a psychopath. Yeah, and I think there are actually um, books, like there are companion novels and stuff that go along with Dragon Age, and I think some of them do delve into Loghain's past. But from what we see right now, it's just like Loghain and Arlhal, because Arlhal is the one who hired this assassin, just being like, oh, the Grey Wardens, they're still out there, let's kill them. Previously, it was just like he abandoned us. Maybe he thought he was doing what was best for his troops. Maybe he thought it was hopeless and was like, I'm going to save as many people as I can. You know, there are some ways that you can spin that. But this yeah. is just like, oh, there are Grey Wardens out there. We have to kill them. This plot line with like how these these villains are set up yeah. uh, reminds me very much of Lord of the Rings. Okay. It does. Because there is like the main thing that we have to do which is yes. the blight yeah like in lord of the rings is destroy the ring go to mordor to destroy sauron okay and then there's like a little villain in the way uh which would be Loghain. yeah and i guess what saruman in lord of the rings i guess would be his equivalent okay um so yeah and I like that kind of story structure because like, oh, Loghain's not the big bad. There's something even worse. Right. Yeah. But he's causing trouble to everyone everywhere. Well, well, he's really the only villain that really gets, you know, time devoted to him because we don't really know that much about the... The Blight? The Blight and all that. Yeah. Because they're not I mean, like... the art, they're not like sent... I mean, they're sentient, but they're not like intelligent beings that can communicate and... I don't know. They're not characters. Yeah, they're not characters. They're like, they're a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. They're like plot devices. They're plot yeah. moving pieces. They're just like, pieces. you need to destroy this or else the world ends. That's just like yeah. a goal. Yeah, it makes sense. It's yeah. a very classic structure. Anyway, point being, Loghain wants us dead, so we hired this assassin. And then right after this scene, we, along on our blood trail, get into a random encounter and it's a whole group of bandits that are incredibly strong. All right. I got to kill you. Well. Well, let's retry that. Success. <laughs> uh, load last save. Oh. No. These bandits end up being really strong. And they wipe out our whole team pretty quickly. Very quickly. They are harder than like a boss battle yeah we didn't even have this much trouble well we did have trouble in the circle tower and the fade so i guess it's kind of on par with that it's like let's say like the hardest battle that i had to go through was like mage room in the right fade. yeah the mage room uh this would be like right below mage yeah room. i would say it's right below the mage because you can't even get hits on people because there are mages shooting at you and rogues hitting you and then um What's they're called? Warriors, they're dogs. The whole gambit. The they're all Mabaris. here. They all showed up for this one. Yes. Yeah, the Mabaris. And so we die very quickly and we wake up to find ourselves still in the party camp and we don't even realize when we last saved. We don't know what jobs we did, what leveling up we did. So now we have to catch back up. So our strategy going into this becomes 
let's take a different group <laughs> to get through <laughs> this random encounter. And then we'll just switch back to the group we want for story reasons in Redcliffe once we get there, just to make it easiest for everyone. And when we do this, we actually win. We actually do. I'm actually very proud of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was you. You did a good job, Manny. I did. I'm proud. I'm so proud of myself because I suck at games. Well, okay, I suck at... <laughs> I will be very honest right now. I feel like I'm not the best at Dragon Age. Uh, hey, we're doing it. We're doing it. I I, I, I did well. Yeah. I'm not the best, but I, I'm passable. I'm a yeah. good B. Yeah, we can strategize to the point where when we lose, we can change things up yes. and learn from our mistakes. And exactly. that's what's really important. That's it. That's so it. Just once, like in life. Just like in life, exactly. And once the battle ends... Um, a cutscene happens because Leliana recognizes a little bit about these bandits. Stop. Don't kill Oh, you're done. <laughs> what? I guess you only have to, like, defeat him a little bit. What? Yeah, there's a good reason for this. He is no common bandit. None of them were. Their weapons and armor are of fine no make, and they are well trained. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Who are you? <laughs> so no regrets taking you on. I was told it would be an easy job. Kill the little red-haired girl. Deal with the others as we pleased. Kill the... You oh, would this not have happened if we didn't have Liliana? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Who's trying to kill Liliana? <laughs> I don't pay to ask why someone wants someone else dead. I just need to know what to do and where to get my money. Ha! Money. I'll be lucky to get away with my life, it seems. Maybe we could work something out. You like the idea? Speak quickly. I've no real quarrel with you. It wasn't me that wanted you dead. But I know how you can find the one who does. Oh. What's his name? Never found out. Got the feeling the man I spoke to was doing someone else's bidding, too. I have some directions written down on how to get to the house. It's in Denrim. Yeah, it's the best I can do. Thank you. Thank you. Now leave. I never want to see you again. Liliana recognizes that these bandits are very strong, very highly trained, and the person says the person being the bandit that we interrogate says that there's been a hit put on the red girl or <laughs> the red girl, the red haired girl. <laughs> you know, on the red head girl, is she that rare? Yeah, I get, I'm sure they had to have said like, this is her, this is her description, but they just say like the red haired girl. Like how many redheads died before they got to her? <laughs> like, they didn't were... even say, did they even say human at least? No, it was like the red haired girl. It's like all these like, like, you know how many dwarves have red hair? <laughs> a lot of dwarves have red hair. <laughs> so you just see like, just a slew of red-headed dwarves yeah. dead on the street. Yeah, this time the map and the blood clots that lead across the map to the destination, those are all the red-headed girls it took to oh get my this God! conversation. <laughs> That's so bad. That's so messed up. Uh, so yeah, they're saying some guy gave us these orders. It seemed like he didn't even know exactly what was going on. Maybe he got orders from someone to do this, but... Long story short, there's a hit on Liliana, and that could only mean one thing. It's Marjolaine. It has to be. It's Marjolaine. It has to be. That is the tagline <laughs> to this damn margarine thing that we described earlier. She says it like, it's like, it's like, I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> it's Marjolaine. It, it has, has to be. I really hope someone does like a t-shirt with like. We have to be the ones to do it, man. We have to do it. <laughs> I mean, I just want there to be a t-shirt with just like. Essential, like you know, like it just the tagline. It's Marjolaine. It has, it has to, to be. be with her holding like a it's bucket like, of Marjolaine. <laughs> it's like the Land of Lakes lady, <laughs> but she's holding the Marjolaine butter. In the sense, it's Marjolaine. It, it has, has to be. be. <laughs> it's like it's really expensive margarine. It fits perfectly into the commercial we've created. Exactly. The oh my god! De deception. <laughs> Delicious. Marjolaine, it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
It's Marjolaine. It has to be. It has to be Marjolaine. So Liliana just knows Marjolaine is the person putting this hit on her. And now I can't think of her name without thinking of Marjorie <laughs> and our ad campaign. <laughs> oh, but this bandit tells us whoever put this hit out, because he doesn't know, um, is supposedly based in Denerim. So this just adds to our to-do list of things to do in Denerim. We got to see Alistair's sister. And now we have to do this. And I mean, we don't know this, but Loghain's in there planning assassin assassination of us. Yeah. So Denerim's just coming more and more... It's a crazy uh, town. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we continue on and we finally make it to Redcliffe Castle where we can confront Connor once and for all. But Brandon, before yes. we go. That was very aggressive. I just need you to know. Okay. <laughs> before we go to Connor, we go back to the party camp. Oh, right. To change our people. To change our people. And when we change our people. A certain person asks us a request. Yeah, Morgan uh, already, I guess, somehow already took the time to research her grimoire. <laughs> she was reading on while we were walking over the dead <laughs> corpses of red-haired dwarves. <laughs> she was with us. She was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, done. Yeah, oh, nothing to see here, okay. Oh, bandits? Oh, I guess that's why we died so easily. Because Morgan was busy reading. <laughs> she was busy reading the grimoire. She couldn't focus. <laughs> so we wouldn't win until we switched her out with win. But yes, she uh, she already found some good info in this damn thing. I have been studying Whoa! Do you wish to hear what I have found? What'd you find? Tis not what I expected. I had hoped for a collection of her spells, a map of the power that she commands. But this is not it. Oh, disappointed then? I'm just gonna sell this for nothing. No, not for nothing. There is much of interest here in her writings, and one thing in particular I find fascinating. Here, in great detail, Flemeth explains the means by which she has survived for centuries. Stuff for Natalia proves useful, no? Not unless one also happens to be an ancient abomination. No. Oh. Flemeth has raised many daughters over her long lifetime. There are stories of these many witches of the wilds throughout chastened legend, yet I have never seen a one, and always wondered why not. And now I know. They are all Flemeth. When her body becomes old and wizened, she raises a daughter, and when the time is right, she takes her daughter's body for her own. What? Oh, jeez. Christ, Fleming! That reminds me of a movie. What movie? I, I remember that's a plot to something. What the? Like, oh, it reminds me of um, it's Get Out. Oh yeah, it is the Get Out. Mm-hmm. There is only one possible response to this. Oh! Flemeth needs to die. I will not sit about like an empty sack waiting to be filled. Flemeth must be slain, and I need your help to do it. Then what needs to be done is for you to go back to Flemeth's hut in the Kakari wilds without me. If I am present when she is slain, I cannot be certain that she will not be able to possess my body right then. So I must remain at the camp. Confront her and slay her quickly. I doubt she will truly be dead even then, but it will take her years to find a new host and recover her power, if that is even possible. The thing I must have is her true grimoire. With it, I can defend against her power in the future. Everything else in her hut is yours. So Morgan just wants us to put a hit on her mother. Like, just basically kill her mother. So casual. There's a lot of assassination in this episode. This is like... We got a hit put on us. Liliana got a hit put on her. And now Morgan wants us to kill her mother. It's very... It's like a, a theme of this episode. Plus Marjorie. <laughs> you mean Marjolaine? Marjolaine. It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> um, it's just a lot of killing, and I don't. I mean, knowing that Flemeth does this evil thing uh, is really bothersome. Yeah, but I love her character because she's just so ridiculous. I know. I can't not love Flemeth, but it's sad. I mean, to paraphrase, she raises daughters one by one, and when she gets too old, she overtakes their body. To essentially become immortal, which is why she's so old, so ancient, and known as the Witch of the Wilds. 
and Morgan figures this out, all with the help of her grimoire. So to protect herself from this fate, she wants us to kill Flemeth, which I'm sure is easy as it sounds, right? Yeah, it's yeah, fine. It's incredible. She's an old lady. Just go a little took and that's Yeah, it. how powerful can she be? She's only been living for who knows how long, yeah. thriving off of the bodies of her daughters. Yeah, but let's not focus on that right now. We have to focus on the task at hand. I know. There is one more thing, though, that I just love, is that <laughs> both of our most pleasant conversations with Morgan involved either getting her a grimoire, which isn't so bad, you know, yeah. that's not, and the other one is assassinating. assassinating her mother. It's like, I just need you to assassinate my mother. Yeah, this is like the friendliest conversation we've had with her, like the most cooperative moment. And yet, like... When we try to ask her about, like, her feelings and stuff, she is so defensive and so <laughs> yes. judgy. It's like, wow, you are, like, a mess. She's an enigma. So the only thing she really loves is herself and killing her mom. Yeah. I mean, that, that, those are the only two things that we've seen that made her smile. Except for that one time when she smiled while Caitlin was crying in the Chantry she loves of Red Cliff. pain, Brandon. She loves pain. Yeah, she reveled in that. So there was that. But, uh, whatever. Morgan's crazy. It's fine. We're it's on fine. our it's way fine. back to Red Cliff yes. to go get this damn demon out of this little boy. I don't know why we can't just get a priest. Yeah. But okay, let's go. <laughs> That's basically go. what we did. We got a mage. That's true. Yeah, I mean, half the battle. And uh, we're taking back our team of Alistair, Morgan, and Liliana to confront this dilemma. Oh, we're back. We're back. Why is everything so empty? Oh, hi, guys. Sorry. I guess, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. Oh, look, there's the Grand Enchanter. Oh, hello. Our first enchanter. Ah, there you are. We have brought Lyrium and begun preparations for the ritual. We can start any time. Are you sure this is the only way? Do you have any last-minute advice? <laughs> it truly depends on the manner of demon. It sounds like a spirit of greed and desire, one of the more powerful in the hierarchy. It will likely engage you in dialogue and tempt you with an offer. Avoid it. Making deals with demons never turns out well. We haven't sufficient lyrium at present to send more than one mage into the Fade. I'm glad we decided to take this route. It's <laughs> really the best option. Very well. Who will go into the Fade? All, All right. right. So we got Morrigan, Joan, and Wynn. Jum. I still probably think Morgan's the best option. All right, send that bitch in. Then let us begin forthwith. Finally, the culmination of all of our efforts. We helped the Circle Tower, we brought the first enchanter, they got the lyrium, and we can finally enter the Fade and confront this demon without like this. killing Connor, without killing a soul. finally. I'd rather that child die. Really? In hindsight? In hindsight. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon. If I had to go back in the Fade, <laughs> I'd rather have... Five of those virtual children die than rather have me go to damn Fade. <laughs> but Manny, you're missing the bright side, which is that Morgan's going into the Fade. Yes, see, Morgan, <laughs> we send her for two reasons. One, that she's very good. Yeah, she's the, she's the mage that has the most damage. You know, if one were to go in, she mostly heals and stuff. That wouldn't be great for, you know, killing a demon, perhaps. Yeah. And uh, the second reason that this is her punishment. Mm -hmm. This is her punishment yeah. for how she has been acting for the past couple of days. She has been very mean uh, when we were in Red Cliff when people were dying and they're like, oh, why even help them? Yeah. Why even help why them? Why even help them? Very cruel. Not nice. Mm -hmm. uh, also, when we went to the Circle Tower, why save these mages? Yeah. Why? I'm she like, want to save them. Why? How dare you? Yeah. Morgan? And you know what? We sent her home. We sent we her We were home. like, you, we don't need you here. We have win now. You can go home. And because of that, as a direct result of her being mean to everyone and not wanting to help, that made her avoid our other visit to the Fade. You know what? She would have uh, been trapped in the Fade. She would have. But her having a negative attitude saved her from that. And mm -hmm. I don't agree with rewarding people for bad behavior. <laughs> but you know what I'm curious about? What was her nightmare? Was it everyone <gasps> being happy? That's a good question. We didn't look up like what everyone else's nightmares would have been. We were just so done with that episode. <laughs> we were just like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's get out of here. 
That's such a good question. We're going to have to look that up. Yeah. At some point. Anyway, Morgan's in this fade, which isn't her nightmare, but it is Connor's. And when we get there, it's again greenish tinty, very wicked looking. And there's spectral versions of Connor and Arl Eamon just walking around. And they're kind of like, they look like spirits. They're kind of glowy gold. And they're all yelling like, help, where am I? (laughs) And Connor's like, oh, where is my father? Help me. (laughs) And it's just like, like 20 copies of them just roaming around this place. It reminds me of... uh... Uh, early tech demo to Super Mario 128. <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Um, there was a tech demo for the GameCube before they even got the idea for Super Mario Sunshine, where you had 128 Marios <gasps> on one board. It was just copies what? of him. Like, because you know, it's Super Mario 64. Oh, what's the clear next one? Super Mario 128. That sounds horrible. It was a tech demo. Was it like an Just to show, look how many Marios we can have on screen at once. Yes. And the GameCube can render them all. Yep. It wasn't a game. It wasn't a game. Oh, they were just showing like, look how many we can render using this damn thing. Yeah. Cool. Okay. But it's like that, just like ghosty. Yeah, it's ghosty and they're all yelling. It's like if all the Marios were yelling about how they're in a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What about you? But that's how I feel when I play Mario Galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, we're in it. Oh, how fun. Oh, do you want to save it? Oh, it's saving, actually. How fucking fun. What is that? Brother, where are you? Is anyone out there? Hello? We walk around as Morgan, and eventually we find one corporeal Eamon so it's just like the regular guy standing there in the fade. And we have the opportunity to talk to him. But dialogue works differently when you're playing as someone who's not Stevan. So since we're playing as Morrigan, the dialogue options, instead of them just being like exactly what the character would say, it says like, do you want to talk to them? Do you want to be rude to them? Uh, and it says like basically the gist of what you would say, but then the character says it using their own words. I feel like this is like a tech demo for Dragon Age. This, like for when but like when you speak to people like they didn't have the actual like <laughs> thing so it's like let's just test out the conversation thing like what if we added voice acting to the main character yes it this... would be like this yeah yeah i mean that's kind of how it plays out you can kind of say things like morgan should try to converse with even and then she'll be like get out of my way or <laughs> you know the way morgan converses which probably isn't <laughs> there's probably no nice option no. if you're playing as morgan but you get the idea yeah. so we talk to this eamon fellow you there have you seen my son i can i can hear him but i cannot find him this blasted fog has me turning in circles this is the fade your kind cannot navigate it any more than you could navigate a dream i don't understand Where is my Connor? I will find him for you since I foolishly gave my word that I would. (laughs) Leave me to it. No. No, you're trying to lead me astray. I do not believe you. Connor! Connor, where are you? So after we speak to Eamon. Yeah, who doesn't seem to take very kindly to us. Because it's Morgan who takes kindly to Morgan. I know. Anyway. She like didn't do her best to be warm and inviting. Like if it was Win, she'd be like, Oh Eamon, <laughs> I'm here to see you, to save you and your son. Yeah. I love you. Have some muffins. <laughs> Morgan's like, oh, I guess I'm forced to be here because I said I would help. And by the way, I ate all of Wynn's muffins before I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so after we speak with him, we go through a fade portal. Yeah, our favorite purple shimmering fade portal. It's like purple smoke. Yeah, you never know where you're going to go. <laughs> and once we enter through the purple smoke, it takes us to another part of the fade mm-hmm. where we see a little boy. Yes. It is Connor. It is Connor, our best friend. Connor. Who are you? Are you the one that made father ill? Tell me now. I do not have time for fool children. Uh. Now tell me where this demon is. Fool? You won't get uh, Whoa, whoa. Well, that was quick to the point. All right, that's some fun fighting against Clement. Jesus tits. 
So Connor turned into the classic big titty demon. Yeah, so tasteful. Very tasteful. I feel like do they all they don't all look the same, right? Are they the same model? I think they use the same model for each one. Oh god, I would have loved to see if they were different. Oh, they're variations. personalized. Like it's like, like this um, one has hearts on her nipples <laughs> instead of like clamps. And like different hairdos. It's like, oh Rebecca. Oh yeah. How you doing? My tail's curled. <laughs> <laughs> like they just go like into like a because where are they from? A salon? Like to a salon. To the like, demon salad? Into the demon salad. <laughs> they're back out. Who are you possessing today? A little boy named Connor. Oh, that's amazing. Good for you. I'm stuck possessing some Templar guy. Oh, and I'm possessing I'll a kitty I have to pretend cat. like I'm his wife. I actually made dinner for him. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm a kitty cat today. Oh, purr, purr. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It's a big titty demon. We know the drill. They're always the ones possessing people. So she was posing as Connor in the fade. So we have to fight her now. And when we do, we fight her and she just disappears. It's very anticlimactic. It kind of is. It's just like you think like, oh, intense, like transformation scene. Like, oh, this is the boss. Yeah, it was very cinematic. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was super cinematic. Like. The screen would flash, and then a demon would show up, and then it flash again, and Connor was there. And it was very, and then Connor fell to his knees, and his hands were on the ground, and then it would do it in that position. It was very cinematic. Well, not only that, like, the screen turned green. Yeah, yeah, like, the, the tint of the fade turned different when it happened. I don't know. I liked it a lot. It was very creepy, very spooky. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, she just runs away, and we have to go through another fade portal follow her through and we end up doing this like three or four times until we make it to the actual final fight heal yourself that's good very well no more illusions now we meet face to face you see my true form and stand in my domain yeah it is here (laughs) most powerful is she grabbing and yet I have no wish to engage you. Oh yeah, she's like sensually. Or should you be so eager to engage mine? Perhaps we should converse instead. I will not become an abomination no matter what you try. One soul I already possess. I do not need another. You need not fear me on that account. I wish only to talk. Do you take me for a fool? I know better than to bargain with your kind. Alas, that is sad. Very well then. If you wish a battle, you will have it. Let us see if your power matches your boldness, creature. Yeah, let's see. Woo! Woohoo! As will I stand to fade from As Morgan. As Morgan. As Morgan. Oh. So we defeated Big Titty Demon. Hooray! But well, was, Morgan. Well, Morgan defeated Big Titty Demon. Yeah, I'm so proud of her. And it was very weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> when it started, like, I, it seems like the demon was trying to, like, flirt with us a bit yeah like she was feeling her body and like she grabbed her boob she literally grabbed her boob like it was like no exaggeration she like like full cup yeah on her boob she yeah yeah she got a handful (laughs) but (laughs) morgan ain't that way she doesn't swing that way no no no. she just wants out of this place this is her punishment she has to deal with this (laughs) and she's like nope i just want to be out i just want to be out and save this kid yeah can't can't possess me. Nope. Can't her. seduce me. Can't Ex- do anything. I'm gonna exactly. kill you. And she did. And she did. She it. did kill her. She's very strong. Strong willed woman. Yeah, I'm proud of her. You gotta give her that. I am proud yeah, of Morgan. She's a strong mage. You know what? It's a punishment, but it's also a way to for character growth. Yeah, like she helped someone and now maybe she'll feel the joy in her heart of seeing this family together because now, of her actions. Now no, no, she won't. You don't think so? No. You're the one who brought up character growth. No, you know, it's it's trying. We're trying. You think it. it's baby steps? It's baby steps. All right, so saving a family from Raven a demon. baby steps. Like, it's just... worm crawl our way to. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she still wants us to murder her mother. So I don't know if she's, like, learned the value of family through this. It'd be like if we ever did kill Fleming. She's like, you know. I kind of liked her. I kind of liked yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> 
Water under the bridge. No, <laughs> well, what can you do? She was, she should have died a long time ago if she wasn't possessing people anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's how we resolve the situation. But I do want to bring up some other ways this could go down because it branches a lot. So the option we chose, um, I'll talk about later, actually. I'm just going to go in the order that it says on the Dragon Age wiki <laughs> to make things <laughs> easier for everyone. So there's an option we didn't do, which oh, is God. to just kill Connor. Okay, I want to know how that would have ended up like, because I kind of wanted to do that because I was tired of this kid. So continue. Just like in hindsight. Just in hindsight. So um, to do this, you don't actually have to tell Tegan or he sold. You can say to do something else and then just go to his room and be like, you know, what, I'm just gonna do it. Or you can tell them. So that's up to you. Um, but I kind of feel bad about that. Yeah, you can just do it without even telling them. You could just take it upon yourself. And you just go to like a little kid's room and just kill it? Yeah, because that's where he ran last we saw him, if you remember. Oh my God. Back in episode nine. So it's just like, I'm just going to the bathroom, stab a child? Well, not necessarily. So you talk to Connor until he transforms. Oh. And he transforms into a demon. Big titty demon, of course. Mm -hmm. And she blocks all the exits from the room and you kind of have to kill him. So uh, once you do that... Isold runs in and begs you not to kill Connor because he's still alive mm-hmm. at this point after you've defeated the battle. And no matter what options she suggests, like she tries to say like, no, do this instead, whatever, whatever. You have you have to kill Connor at that point. And there are a few ways you could do that. You can knock out Isold and kill Connor. Oh my God. <laughs> or you can um, let Isold kill him herself. Okay. Like at least let the mother do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or you can um, refuse to let Isold kill Connor and kill him yourself. Uh, without knocking her out. So she watches? Yeah. This is so fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, And I'm not sure, I'm guessing at that point, Connor's like retransformed into a kid. And you just see his dead At least if I was directing this, I probably would do that, just for the emotion. Uh, But I'm not too sure. And then we have um, Jowen's ritual option. So uh, this is if we let Jowen cast the blood magic version of what we did. So we would still make our way into the Fade to confront the demon, but it would be done using the human sacrifice of Isolde. So if you remember, she uh, volunteered herself to die Mm -hmm. in order to send someone into the Fade. Um, There's no way to persuade her not to be the person to sacrifice herself. So you can send in either the Warden, if he's a mage, or Morgan or Wynne. So we would have done Morgan probably in this circumstance. And then um, a cutscene happens where Jowen, like, it's, it describes here the scene, okay? So according to the wiki, it says, Jowen begins the spell, Isolde readies herself, and in an instant, she's killed as if run through by an invisible spear. Holy Christ. <laughs> yeah. And then um, whoever was chosen to go into the Fade gets hurled to the floor, apparently lifeless, because they departed from the physical world into the Fade. So... <laughs> I'm actually looking at the options, and pretty much everyone approves in this uh, scenario. I, sorry, pretty much everyone disapproves in this scenario, but Morgan. <laughs> what is she? She approves plus two, but if she's the one that has to go into the fade, she disapproves <laughs> minus one. <laughs> <laughs> so she only approves if she's not the one that has to do it. She's so selfish. That's so funny, though. And then there's what we did, which is travel to the Circle Tower for help. And um, this is the only circumstance that actually resolves without any of these characters dying. So good on us. Yeah. And we had to go to Circle Tower anyway. So we just had to take a bit of detour. It was like hitting two birds with one stone. Yeah. And you know, um, in hindsight, like looking back at it, maybe it would make sense if there were some repercussions Mm -hmm. for going all the way to the circle. Because really, we spent like days going all the way to the circle they said it was a day's trip, so a day there, a day back, plus all the time in the fade, plus the time in the party camp, getting past, you know, bandits or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it would have been cool if there was some sort of repercussion, like if we came back and something had changed. Like half a Red Cliff is destroyed. Yeah. I mean, back during the Red Cliff battle, I think we mentioned this, but if you leave before the battle starts and come back, the battle will have happened. And, and the like, town yeah. would be in like disarray. Oh my God. So if something like that were to happen... It would be cool because then you would really have to weigh, like, is it worth leaving to do this safer option? And then you come back and it turns out that there were actually consequences. Yeah. So it 
the way we did it kind of wraps it up in a neat bow, which is nice because we do like to be helpful to people. But I do also wish that there was some sort of other moral quandary to deal with yeah. on top of that. Everyone's happy. Everyone's, yeah. you know, safe. Everyone's safe. Except for all human. He's, yes. He's still, he's still, he's still sick. Yeah. So all human's out of the demon's clutches. If you remember, the demon was keeping him alive. So he's still alive for now, but he's still, you know, bedridden and sick and unresponsive. So that's not necessarily fixed yet. No. And right after we defeat the demon, a cutscene begins that's kind of brief and it shows basically a Viking funeral. Yeah, uh, it's like uh, they're all collecting like the bodies of the fallen and putting them in a boat and then like launching a fire arrow towards said boats. Yeah. And just like, you know, disposing. burning, disposing the bodies. Yeah, which makes sense because um, the whole crisis that was going on was that corpses were resurrecting and attacking people. So I would probably feel safer if we destroyed all the corpses that died yeah. in that battle too. <laughs> yeah. So that's fair. Uh, and then a cutscene begins where we're talking to Tegan and Isolde and Connor's all running around and safe. And uh, we discuss where to go from here to help Arleman. Connor is his old self. He does not seem to remember anything, which is a blessing. I suppose we will need to send him to the Circle of Magi's Tower for training once the war is over. It's so odd to think of the boy as a mage, of all things. Eamon has much to mourn and rebuild should he recover. But at least he could be thankful that both his son and wife are safe. I owe you my deepest thanks. I had nearly... I can scarcely believe Connor is the boy he once was. There is still the matter of Jowan. His poisoning Eamon began this whole mess, yet he lives. I must decide what becomes of him. We will hold him for Eamon to decide his fate. If he doesn't recover, Jowan's fate is sealed. What do you think? Uh, Do whatever you want with him. That's what you're going to say? Yeah, I mean... It's not my fault. You could say, what do you want? Why do you want my opinion? You can ask that. You spoke with him, have you not? You know what he has done better than I do, even. Do whatever you want with him. Very well. I shall have the mage imprisoned again, for now. But our task is not done yet. Whatever the demon did to my brother, it seems to have spared his life, but he remains comatose. We cannot wake him. The urn. The urn of sacred ashes will save Eamon. Oh, don't we have it? What? No. I thought we had an urn of ashes. I don't think we did. It's kind of a legend. I thought we just picked it up. The urn is a legend. It might never... And I suppose you want me to search for it. (laughs) What about magic? It has been tried, and we will continue trying. Perhaps the demon's absence will make a difference. However, the relic is another option. My husband funded the research of a scholar in Deneran, a brother Genetivi. He has been studying the inscriptions on Andraste's birth rock. When Eamon fell ill, I sent the knights to speak to Genetivi. I hoped that he had finally discovered the location of the urn of sacred ashes itself. They were unable to locate Genetivi. In desperation, I sent more knights in search of the brother, or some clue of the urn's location. No one else can. Even if I wish to do it myself, I cannot abandon Redcliffe to its own devices. Perhaps you could seek out the brother's home in Denerim and see if any clues remain on his whereabouts. It is the only place to begin the search. Oh, brilliant. I must go to the hall and begin rebuilding. (laughs) So, I'll give you the arm if you give me, like, five backpacks. Seriously, I bought the backpack for seven gold. I need about seven gold. So that was episode 14, and we finally made it through this whole Connor situation. Yay! We're not totally done with Redcliffe, because there is still all Eamon to help. But at least, you know what? We're done with the Circle Tower. We're done with Connor. We got like 8 million side quests that we now get to complete. Yeah. (laughs) And after this, we have to address some of those, because we're finally off to Denerim. 
the great city of Denerim. Denerim, <laughs> where we're going to talk to Brother Jenna TV and see what we can do about this urn of sacred ashes to save Eamon. And as well, probably see what we can do with those side quests. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things in Denerim, so maybe I'll pop on by. Hello, Marjolaine? It has to be. <laughs> it has to be you, right? You're here? Oh, my God. Oh, we got to pick up some the Marjolaine. The best ad campaign ever. Yep. And we got to see uh, Alistair's sister. Flemeth's not in Denerim. No. Maybe we'll kill her, too. Who knows when we'll do all that stuff? <laughs> Who knows? Until next time. <laughs> if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at EnchantmentCast on Twitter and Facebook, or you can email us at EnchantmentPodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the show, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. So until next time, I'm Brandon. And I'm Manny. And this has been Enchantment. And enjoy the rest of your stay at Disney's Magic Kingdom.